Merry Christmas, everyone, and welcome to Best Thoughts. I'm Will Johns. And I'm Rick Johns, and we are in the Christmas spirit here at Best Thoughts. And it's that time when you gather with family and friends. And we have a special friend with us that you have met before in a past episode. We have Matt Gow with us. Matt, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I'm in the holiday mood as well. It's good to be back on the podcast. You know, Matt, you sound so much happier than the last time we had you on this podcast. You were like a shell of a man at that point. <laughs> it was a broken shell of a man. Yes. <laughs> you were living in a van down by the river. It was it was pretty sad, and we were all very worried about you. But I, uh, it sounds like you're doing doing okay. How's life going for you these days? Uh, it's going well, actually. Yeah, it's uh, certainly been tough there a little bit, but kind of leaned into the, the hard parts and doing doing a lot better. So yeah. And he's driving a Tesla now, folks, so it's a huge improvement from last time. It's the beginning of a midlife crisis, let's be honest. <laughs> well, it's good to have you on the show. We're glad you're doing better. And if, if you decide you don't want to be in a midlife crisis, I will take that Tesla off your hands. Noted, noted. And make sure that you're coping well and doing the work instead of taking it into nice fancy cars. <laughs> so today we are talking about Christmas and we wanted to ask all of us to share a little bit about what are some of the challenges and maybe what are some of the good things you like about Christmas. What about you, Will? What, what stresses you out or what challenges do you find uh, with the Christmas holiday season? Well, I'm going to mention two things uh, real quick. First of all, is is one that I think is, is somewhat of a simple fix, and that's why I bring it up. It's related to gifts, and that is very often in December, uh, we go all out to, to make sure everybody has gifts that they're going to like, and come the beginning of January, we sit down and look at our budget, and we're stressed out hmm. because we overdid it in December, now we're in the hole starting a new year, and it's, it's just a very anxious feeling. Uh, you can feel overwhelmed when that happens. And here's the reason I bring it up is this doesn't have to happen to us every year around Christmas time. Um, it's not worth the stress of what you're going to feel in January to overdo it in December. Hmm. And before you guys think I'm saying, let's stop the gift giving, um, which would be the simplest way to solve it. Slinkies for everyone. Oh, yeah, just buy one slinkies. That's right. <laughs> They're still good price. They're, there you go. Very there reasonable. You, you get the plastic ones for half the cost. Yeah. Now you're, you're all set or, you know, before I, I recommend the, the pass the $20 bill around so you really don't spend any money. <laughs> um, there's another way that you could solve this. It's very simple. It's proactive, and that is set aside an amount of money every month for Christmas. Maybe $50 a month, maybe mm. it's 100, maybe it's only 20. Whatever is in your budget, set that aside throughout the year so that when you get to December, it's not a crisis, it's not a stress, you don't feel overwhelmed, uh, because it's just not worth, it, it kind of, takes a lot of joy, sucks a lot of joy out of the holiday um, when you don't have the money. 
And, and then sometimes it can also affect your gift giving because you give a cheap gift because that's all you can afford. <laughs> so, so I think it's just something, a practical piece, but something that maybe is a little trickier and has more layers to it, I'd like to get into, which is how do we negotiate um, how we're going to spend time with family mm-hmm. over the holidays? Yeah. Uh, if you're married, you may find that both sides of the family want you to be with them at Christmas time. Yeah. And so I'm going to throw that question out to both you, uh, Rick and Matt, and um, how, how would you handle that dilemma? Well, um, I think the challenge there is trying to figure out, can you actually please both parties? Because I think there's kind of this stress that somehow we have to get both sides to be happy. And sometimes it's just not possible because if both sides really want you and they want you for Christmas morning, which is the best part, or they want you for Christmas dinner, which is, you know, important for them, uh, then you may have to kind of make a choice or you may have to alternate or you may have to have, I think... I think the real stress is if you're not able to talk it through yeah. openly with your spouse and you're just kind of like, well, we're going to my family. And they're like, uh, when did we make that decision? And, well, because it's their turn. You know, like these fights kind of get out of control. And I think with the stress, maybe with the stress of finances and gift giving and with all the stress of the holidays already, the family dynamic kind of gets escalated in a way that maybe it wouldn't if it weren't already other stresses. Yeah, I like that, Rick. That I think the most important part is the communication part, right? Because everybody's situation is context-specific. You know, are all the parties that are wanting to spend time together already in the same town? Then then there's probably an expectation that you should see everybody at some point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or But some people live all the way across the country. So are you alternating years yeah, you know, the, so so those kind of the details are different. Um, do you have family members that, for some unfortunate reason, no one wants there because they'll, uh, they'll blow the thing up? Yes, you know, yeah. there's all kinds of negotiation that has to happen. Yeah, are we able to, as family units or friend units, able to communicate well and um, yeah, you know, directly but you know, positively, constructively about it. And Matt, as you're talking, I'm thinking, you know, I think rule number one is as adults, we do have the freedom and the choice to decide what we think is best for us and our family. So I don't think we should just do something because some family member says we have to do it this way. We've always done it this way or whatever. I think sometimes a healthy boundary is appropriate. However, we also don't need to like spite people because we're getting mad because they're putting pressure on us. And I've seen that where they're like, mm-hmm. stop, you've mm. been nagging me and mom, dad, forget it. We're not coming, you know, and good luck seeing the grandkids. And you just escalate it into this big fight and a lot of damage. You know, it might take a year or so to recover from one argument that happens in the heat of the Christmas season. So you want to... You want to communicate, like Matt said, that's really key, even with your parents or the family members, or if there's multiple families involved or multiple relatives, trying to keep your own sense of peace. And, and maybe, Will, I'll turn it on you. What has helped you uh, navigate these dynamics? 
and how how have you kept the Christmas peace <laughs> through well, all of this? Yeah, like it it this one really goes back to um, one of our previous episodes um, when we were talking about relationships, and we did the section on family systems, and I think. For me, one of the principles is to start with self-differentiation where we figure out, first of all, what we want to do. So I, first of all, have to figure out what do I want in this situation? I'm feeling the pressure from my side of the family to do this certain gathering. I'm feeling the pressure from my wife's side of the family to show up at this other gathering. Um, but what do I want to do? Mm -hmm. during this time. I need to be clear about that and then um, and then clearly communicate that as you you all have already mentioned. And then the other thing I would I would add is whatever decision is made, um, it should be communicated with kindness and and with uh, a gracious understanding uh, of where the other person is coming from, you know because, um, family is not bad that they want us to be with them over right. the holidays. Right. <laughs> like, like that's a good thing. That's not a problem. You know, that's a healthy relationship with your family that they want you to be together with them at, around the Christmas time, you know? So what you could say right off the bat when you're dealing with this is, you know, Hey mom and dad, you know, I understand that that you want us to all be together at Christmas. That makes perfect sense to me. And I know I'll want that with my own kids, you know, as they grow up, you know. So we, we start with that sympathy and, and instead of somehow being offended yeah. that we're wanted somewhere. Yeah. So I'll, I'll echo what perhaps some listeners might be thinking out loud. I mean, and that, that counsel is excellent, you know, calm, but clear you know, g generous communication, all good. What happens if you just know no matter how well you communicate, there's just going to be tension or fights or drama or just a just a real um, sensitive reaction from family members? What, what yeah. counsel do you have there? And that's where Will pointed us back to the systems theory. So Matt, the first thing my mind says is that's where this non-anxious presence, that was kind of the goal in systems theory is, how do we self-differentiate to become a non-anxious person in an anxious world? Mm. And I think that's huge that you have to kind of let those chips fall where they may and not get sucked into the drama, the fights. And if they're real upset or something, you just have to keep that calmness and maybe maybe even not speak for a little while if, if you know you're going to get sucked in or don't send the email right back or the text right back Give it a day to simmer. Give it time to calm down if it's escalating. And, and I want to add, too, I think effective planning and assertiveness uh, can go a long way. Often we'll put off a conversation mm -hmm. like yes. that until the last minute. <laughs> yeah. And the longer you wait, the, the bigger it's going to blow up. Yes. You know, yes. so... Like you, Christmas Eve, oh, we're not coming tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Like that's, Why are you so upset? Yeah. That's brutal. Calm, calm down. That's See, brutal. this is why we don't come. You act like this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, that's a, you know, that comes back to, you know, Matthew 7, do unto others as you would want them to do to you. And, yeah. you know, I love the phrase, clear is kind. Mm. And if we can be clear, if we have a plan, 
So let's say, Matt, it, it's one of those, you know, you've got family on both sides of the country and you can't do them both in one season. Uh, then you need to be way in advance, come up with a plan and say, all right, uh, we cannot be with you this Christmas, but the plan is for us to celebrate next Christmas. And our current plan is to alternate back and forth. And then I had a guy give me this advice, which I did not follow, but it's something that some of our listeners may want to consider. He said, um, he said, when it comes to Christmas, I was just getting married. He said, when it comes to Christmas, he said, what you need to do is be on a three-year rotation. And he said, year one, you go to your wife's family. Year two, you go to your family. Year three, you stay home with just your family. You know, mm. so you you know, you, you give you as a new married couple that, that space to kind of start your own Christmas tradition. Or if you're single, like me, <laughs> you could just at any random Christmas be like, I'm going to Prague. See you guys later. <laughs> and we hate you for it. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, we left out one group of people here. And Will, you kind of hinted at it when you said, Maybe we could say to our parents, if it is an issue with our parents, you know, I know when I'm older, I, want, I would want my kids to come for Christmas. I know we have people that have college age or older kids listening to this podcast. Yes. Yes. Maybe they got that call saying, Mom, Dad, we're not going to be coming for Christmas, and they're feeling kind of left out or alone. Uh, what do we say to them? What do we say to the person who none of the relatives want to come or they're, they're not invited to a certain thing. How do you handle that when you're kind of feeling all alone at Christmas? Yeah, I think that's, you know, that's one of the reasons, you know, why Christmas can be such a difficult time of year. Um, it is a time because our expectations run so high is what we want to see happen is, is at such a high level uh, that it highlights these moments of loss. Mm. And it also highlights, I know as a pastor, Christmas can be a very tough season for a lot of people because it reminds them of the loved ones that they've lost, mm -hmm. you know, either the previous year or, or many years ago who are not sitting at the table um, yeah. because they've passed away, you know. So, uh, and I, I, my counsel to, to our listeners is if you're feeling grief and loss and sadness at, at Christmas time, uh, you're not the only one. This is a very common uh, experience. There's nothing wrong with you for, for feeling that. And it may be a healthy time to just let yourself, you know, feel that loss and, and then look for ways that, um, that you might do something that brings, that sparks some joy for you, you know, at this holiday. Yeah, I, I think that's headed down the right track, Will. I think the and that I would add is, and I've had some years here to be a single person, uh, and there's various degrees of grief and experiences that everyone's had, but I'll say it, it's it, it's really important um, if you truly want to have people to connect with anytime, but especially during rough times, you just, you just have to make yourself plug into something. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. whether it's your local church program, maybe, maybe you kind of like to sing, but you've always been scared to sing up front, but your church has a choir and they're going to do a Christmas program. Just do it. Mm -hmm. Like yes. find those little things, find a, uh, yeah. a shelter that's, 
preparing food for homeless people, there'll be solidarity with the folks that you serve and those you serve with. Mm-hmm. Um, call, mm-hmm. call your single friends. Um, get together, you know, have a Christmas brunch together the week of Christmas. Like, it, it's become so apparent to me as I've, you know, because in my age range, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm basically 41. You know, most people in my age range have families and kids. They're just very naturally thinking of those yes. settings and those groupings. Yes. People yes. don't think of calling me to go hang out with their right. family. They just don't. Right. And so, I, you we know, didn't even invite you to come on. <laughs> yeah, I just, just decided to come. <laughs> um, you really do have to be intentional. And that's really uncomfortable. I, I would much prefer people to call me and ask me to hang out. But I realized if I'm going to build a social life and social community, I have to invest in it. Mm. So that's the other thing that I would, mm. I'd add to that. I love that, Matt. You know, that gives me an idea. I'm just thinking of maybe there's some parents who are disappointed because this Christmas their kids aren't coming to see them. And COVID, of course, has added another wrinkle to all of this. Maybe look around. Maybe there's some other parents just like you in your community, and you could invite them over for Christmas. Yeah. And at least, yeah. you know, the four of you or the six of you, look around. You could have... Uh, uh, your own Christmas party for those, or single people, of course. Yeah, yeah. You could look around for others who don't have family this Christmas and invite them over and have your own Christmas together. Mm-hmm. Thank, thanks a lot, guys. This is uh, some good information for me uh, just to help me kind of process that kind of ongoing issue that's that's always there, you know, kind of juggling how to uh, navigate the holidays and who to spend time with. Um, some good information there. And Will, I was just thinking about our Slinky story that I told a while back. Uh, that was very traumatic for Will as a child. Mm, yes. And the story, basic essence of the story was there was a time in my young childhood where I wanted a Slinky for Christmas and my mom would give us each like five bucks, which shows there has been inflation, uh, to get a gift for each other. And so I told Will to get me a slinky, and I told him he wanted a slinky, which he told me he emphatically did not want a slinky, but I knew he just didn't understand how fun the slinky was going to (laughs) be. And Will started getting suspicious days before Christmas that I was going to buy him the slinky, and I remember very vividly a death threat that if I got him a slinky on Christmas... He would kill me, and I was still undeetered and bought him the slinky for Christmas, at which point he was furious. And I was puzzled because I honestly thought, what better toy is there than a slinky? And if we each had one, we could play together. But, you know, some younger siblings just Just won't get get with the program. Just don't get it. Did you just say undeetered? Because I think it's undeterred. It's too much of this eggnog. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> my my bad. I so, need to lay off. So, Rick, what I hear you saying is picking the right gift for the right person is a big challenge for you at Christmas time. Like, you know, <laughs> have you gotten any better since the Slinky? You know, um, I do have multiple stories of Christmases where people were not as excited about my gifts as I thought they should have been. (laughs) I remember some very uh, uncomfortable ones with my uh, former wife where I would give the gift and she would open it and then look at me and roll her eyes 
and why? And then I remember even in my new marriage, uh, giving a gift that I thought was very practical and would be met with such excitement only to hear, don't get me a practical gift. That's something I can use. A gift is supposed to be like beautiful and nice and something I wouldn't buy for myself. So I have this little bit of uh, history that makes me a little stressed when Christmas rolls around because what am I supposed to get people? Will they like it? People haven't always liked the gifts. And you know, one of the challenges for me is I tend to look when I'm looking for a gift I think I get a little caught up in the thing that looks cool to me and maybe kind of forget other people may not find this particular item with the same joy that I have because it's skewed by my own lens. Hmm. So there's a part of it there where you're, you know, to, to be a great gift giver would be to understand what the other person wants to receive. I've never thought of that, Matt. Thank you. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Uh, say that again. <laughs> you got it. You I, got I've it. got to make note. I, exactly. So gift giving at Christmas for me becomes a little stressful. It's not something I'm naturally good at. I do know people that are very naturally good at it. And it, it's awesome to watch somebody who just like keys into what people love and just take great delight in getting it for them. Well, let me ask, though, what was your culture of gift giving like in your family? Because you're making me kind of reflect a little bit. My, my family, we're not great gift givers. I yeah. always feel like as, as my brother and I have been adults, like I always look forward to the gift part of Christmas. But after it's all done, I was like, that was pretty boring. We probably would have just could have given each other cash. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> that reminds me, Matt. I knew of three brothers that uh, at Christmas Day, they'd each pull out a $20 bill and hand it to each other. And that was their yes. That was their gift exchange. So I, I know that. So that there family. are cultures where we just uh, skate by it completely. <laughs> yeah, no, no, my family, we're not like we don't take a lot of time on the gift giving part of it. And and that's why I bring it up because I think it's one of those areas. There's a lot of there's a lot of areas in Christmas that we could talk about, but it's one we don't think about as much. But I see this all all over, and like these three brothers. They got tired of having to stress about it, so they're just like, "Hey, I'll give you twenty bucks here. Give me 20. <laughs> of course, they're they're really not getting any gift because the twenties are just being handed around. <laughs> but that's the way they escape the stress of gift giving. And for me, I think it does, Matt. You're very insightful, and we didn't talk about this ahead of time. So kudos for you to even perceive that. Yeah, I think there is a family dynamic here. Number one, my mom was raised in a family where her father was very tight, very frugal with money. And so my mom, even with her gifts to this day, will often pipe up with, I got it on clearance. And you're just like, mom, don't tell people. That's like, I didn't have to spend anything on that gift for you. Like, that's not really what people want to hear. But she's so excited. She just does it. And we all kind of accept it. In fact, Will and I had no idea that was like rude until I, of course, said something like that to my first girlfriend. And that didn't go over well. Uh, but my dad has literally at times bought his own gift, wrapped it under the tree, and put from his, his wife. So there's not a good legacy for me to build on here with the gift giving. <laughs> well, I think, I think the other thing that's at play is um, if you have ever read the book, The Five Love Languages, 
Uh, I think that's at play too, because one of the love languages is, is receiving gifts. Like some people just, it means the world to them to receive a gift. But if you're low on that one, it just doesn't seem to matter yeah. to you at yeah. all. And that's, you know, then, so you have, you have those layers within the Christmas dynamic where you have some people that are expecting a wonderful gift. They're giving wonderful, thoughtful gifts. They really get into it. And then you have other people that don't care at all. And that creates a lot of tension around yeah. this tradition of gift giving. And that's where it is not my love language. So I do struggle with it. And yet I want to, I want to show love to those I love. And so I've had some heartbreaks, you know, at Christmas time. I mean, the will one, I wasn't heartbroken about, but the other <laughs> ones with the spouse and kids, even, you know, my, my gifts started becoming legendary for their like badness. And that was not something that I, you know, I made, I, I made a joke and laughed it off, but it did kind of hurt. So it is something that I, I could use some work on. You know, Rick, I can really identify with that kind of the way my family is. Uh, we, you know, we just don't love the gift giving thing. It's just not that high priority for us. We always give gifts to each other, but it's not super important that everyone gets the right one. <laughs> but I think like the opportunity in there is that, that, that's a chance to listen, you know, and understand, you know, the person you're giving the gift to, what are they looking for? It maybe have that has a bigger impact for them. And so like little things, even remembering what they, you know, what this person said to you four months ago that they liked, and maybe just ahead of time getting the gift then and sort of surprising them. And those little things, I, I think is really a, an opportunity to, to get outside of ourselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think that's exactly right, Matt, where um, you also can take the time to discern is gift giving something that's very important to this person. And if that is truly the case, then you want to spend extra time. You want to go the extra mile. Mm -hmm. If it's not as important to them, if it's not as big on the love language side, you can also take a practical step and just ask for a list of things that they want. Yeah. And, and pick something so you know it. this will be something they want in the end. And that's, that's better than guessing something they don't want. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Thank you, guys. That's very helpful. I've taken copious notes. <laughs> so, And I know, for instance, I remember my wife said something about liking things that are kind of shiny and beautiful. So I already got the slinky. And... Uh, <laughs> It's going to be a good Christmas. I, I'm feeling good this year. She's going to love it. She will love it. Yes. And, and Matt, we don't want to leave you out. So, Matt, what is something that kind of, you know, gets to you as a challenge for you this time of year? Yeah. I, you know, my, my favorite season of the year is Christmas, the Christmas holiday season. So my birthday is always the week of Thanksgiving. So that stretch from... That week all the way through New Year's is just by far my my favorite time of year. I've always loved it. <laughs> um, I find it hard now to really feel spiritually, you know, uplifted. I'm having trouble connecting with the spiritual part mm. Uh, mm. of Chris of Christmas, and that's not. I'm not coming at it from a place of oh, we shouldn't have presents and we shouldn't have trees and like I love all that stuff. I I love all of the things that we've built around it. I think that I, I like it. I think it's fun. Um, and so 
part part of my experience is I've just sort of had some spiritual wandering the last few years, so that's a part of it, but I don't know why. It's like I feel like I'm supposed to feel something really powerful, and I just don't sometimes. <laughs> mm. It's like Valentine's Day for some people. You, you yeah. know, you're yeah. you're like, okay, it's a contrived yeah. thing. Yeah. And that doesn't mean you can't have a great Valentine's Day, but sometimes you just don't feel like it, or you're having problems, or whatever. Yeah. For yeah, some yeah. reason, I'm having trouble, like... And it sort of stresses me out a little bit. Like, oh man, it's this great time of year. I love so much about it, but having trouble feeling the stuff that's the most important. Wow. I don't think you're the only one on that. I, you know, and I'm wondering, Matt, for you just personally, is it because we, especially in the church and, and Christians, can get very zealous about kind of beating you up for enjoying Christmas? without Christ, put the, put the Christ in Christmas. You know, we always get kind of, uh, we get, we can bludgeon people with those kind of, uh, it's probably expressions. I mean, somewhere a part of it. I'm plenty good at bludgeoning myself for lots of things. So it probably just layers on, but I don't know. That's probably part of it. Yeah. It's an interesting dynamic. I think for a lot of people, it's just so busy and stressful and, you know, buying all the gifts and getting ready and family and travel and cooking and cookies and parties and office parties and work parties and, and school parties and uh, neighborhood parties, whatever. That seems like the calendar just can be kind of overwhelming. Maybe it's a part of feeling a little overwhelmed with just everything going on that you don't have that time for the, the quiet with God or the, to kind of connect spiritually. Is that, does that sound like yeah, it could I mean, be an that's issue? Definitely going to be part of it. Yeah. Um, and even all those things, most of the things are fun and good, but it's just a lot, right? Which is your point. Um, and then even, you know, fun, fun, spiritually oriented things like, church programs and being involved at that that's still something you're something you're doing mm -hmm. um so those can be really powerful as well but it yeah it's another thing on the on the list to do um yeah i think even even going to a nice christmas concert or a nice church program that is going to emphasize the spiritual level of christmas or layer of christmas that that you know for for people that are Christians, you know, is what the season's all about for them. Sometimes still going to the program, it's a, it feels good, but it doesn't nurture that spiritual hunger. You know, like it doesn't feed that layer. It's just kind of like, oh, that felt great, you know, and you feel kind of the, the beautiful community and togetherness that comes at, at this time of year you can, that you can feel in the atmosphere but I think for me, it was what you were saying earlier, Rick, maybe just carving out a little more space for, for some quiet time, some solitude and silence yeah. to reflect on what the meaning of Christmas is for, for me. You know, like, what, yeah. is, what does this mean for me? Uh, but I can very much relate to what you're saying, Matt, because especially as a pastor, where I'm the one planning these special Christmas programs, it just feels like a lot of work. It's just another... I can get really busy with yeah, it, yeah. And I, I sometimes don't take that time to really reflect on what it means for me. And maybe part of that, carving out that time, that intentional time, maybe maybe part of that is choosing a few of those things to say no to, hmm. right? Mm. Um, yeah. Not not all of them, but you know, because a lot of those are 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 great. Um, but maybe it's 
you know, just saying no to a few of them that, right. you know, would give you that extra time. I think that's crucial because it is a time where we're probably around people, especially if you're traveling and you're with family or families come to visit you, you may not have those moments during the day just alone or very few opportunities to just be by yourself. And I think that is crucial to our spiritual journey is taking some time apart, taking some time, just me. And maybe if we had those moments, maybe those moments aren't even as spiritual, but it allows us to process, oh, you know, we got all these things happening and all these dynamics. And sometimes we just need to catch our breath and kind of be prepared for the day and prepared for the week and prepared for the family, prepared for the dinner or the party or the church event or whatever it is, and just allow us to be in the right frame of mind so we can receive more spiritually throughout the, uh, the holiday season and just kind of be in the right place to receive instead of feeling like, oh, I'm just, you know, trying to keep up. Yeah, and I was just sitting here reflecting on that a little bit. Like, what am I hoping to experience, right? So I'm not experiencing something, but what is it that I'm mm. hoping to experience? Yeah. And maybe this is, I don't know, a simple thing that came to my mind was just Emmanuel, right? Like, uh. the incarnation, God with us, God mm. with me. Yeah. And um, it, when we're too busy... Yeah. Or dealing with conflict or worried about our finances or mm. all of the things and more that we've talked mm. about today. Trying to pick out a gift. Yeah. Yes. It's you just, know. wow. How, you don't even really have a chance to think about that because you're just busy doing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that really, that gives me an idea, Matt, of something I'd like to try this Christmas season, which is just pay extra attention to the presence of God you know, mm. to this idea of Emmanuel that we celebrate this time of year, God with us. Where is God's presence showing up? Can God be with me as I do my shopping and try to find some nice gifts? You know, can, mm -hmm. I, can I do that with an awareness of God's presence? As I spend time with family, can I do that with an awareness of God's presence? And I think, I think that's a really great way to integrate the spirituality of the season into all of the other things that go with it. Yeah, I love that, Will. I think that is a challenge we could give to all of our listeners is how do you bring Emmanuel, God with us, into this holiday season? How do you make sure to, to spend that time so you're prepared, you can bring his presence into everything that you do? I think that's a great way to kind of wrap up our discussion today. Yes. And it would be a great helpful tip is having that mindset, I want to bring Emmanuel into all these things that I have to do, whether it's a tough conversation with family or buying the gifts, which is stressful for me. <laughs> or and, and by the way, a little tip, if Emmanuel does lead you to the clearance rack and you find exactly <laughs> the gift for that loved one, just don't tell them. <laughs> just don't tell them it was on clearance. They'll think you paid top dollar. It's all good. And, and maybe that's a good way to wrap this up today. Well, I just want to also, Rick, say a special thank you to Matt Gal for being with us as our, here, as here. our honored guest. Matt, you're the only person to appear on Best Thoughts as a guest twice. Yes. So congratulations. Hey. It is such an honor. And I'm, <laughs> I'm so thankful. Well, thank you everyone for joining us today for this 
special Christmas episode of Best Thoughts. We hope that you will have a wonderful Christmas season. We hope that you will find the perfect gifts, have a beautiful time with family or friends, and most of all, that you will remember to think about Emmanuel, God with us. But for now, you've been listening to Best Thoughts with Dr. Will Johns and Dr. Rick Johns. Have a Merry Christmas, everyone.